Welcome to the Fixed Ops Roundtable podcast, featuring Ted Ings and his distinguished guests. Each week, you'll gain valuable insights to level up your game in retail automotive's fixed operations. This episode is brought to you by BG Products, partners beyond products. And now, here's Ted Ings. Welcome back to the Fixed Ops Roundtable. It is a great pleasure to welcome back to the event Chris Saracino, who is the vice president and partner at the Kelly Automotive Group and the best-selling author of The Theory of Five. Chris, welcome back to the Fixed Ops Roundtable. My pleasure and always an honor to be on the show. Chris, um, I tell you, when you appeared the last couple times at the event, it was during a the beginning of this era, okay, that's been going on for the last two years, and you took the event by storm, and you talked about a lot of things early that have now really resonated, I think, with the automotive community in terms of culture, and I want to congratulate you on on the success that you're having at Kelly Automotive Group and with the book as well. Well, thank you very much. You know, let's kind of dive right into it, if it's okay. Um, you know, we got a lot of folks watching today who are fellow dealers and managers and um, you know, what's what's the secret sauce, Chris? What's the secret to your success there at Kelly Automotive Group? Well, you and I talked about this before. I mean, every dealership has product, and all the products today are so good in comparison to 10, 20, 30 years ago when, when we entered this industry. It really comes down to people. People are absolutely our most precious commodity because people also create the culture that we have, and the leaders we have will create that culture. So I would say there's nothing more important than making sure we have the right people and we start and we recruit, hire, train, and we bring them into our culture. And that's really been, you know, um, that's really been Chris Saracino because, you know, there's nobody who does that better than you. So so kind of take us through it. Uh, I know you've got a very unique and special onboarding process. What can you share with the with the audience today? Well, I mean, we really, <laughs> our human resources, we have put a lot of time and effort into making sure that we have a team of people that when you're recruiting, getting back to people today quickly and often are so important. So we work with a combination of a recruiting company and then our internal HR department is they call, they text, they email, the schedule thing. As soon as we see somebody that is good, we know there's specific days they could schedule right away and they would say, okay, uh, you're going to go to our Nissan store <clears throat> Tuesday, anytime between 10 and four. And then we also have <clears throat> nighttime where they could go from six to eight uh, to contact. So we know there's certain days that we could schedule people to come in right away because uh, urgency with talent is crucial to get them in quickly. And in today's world, you have so many people applying to different positions and different dealerships and different companies. And, uh, you know, I, I can take stock because I remember when I first started off selling cars, the dealership for dealership where I worked for didn't order my business cards. You know, it took like six months. I guess they wanted to be sure I was going to stick. I didn't have a name tag. I didn't have a lot of basics. And you take care to provide those things before the team member even starts. If you would, you know, talk about that. Well, what happened was we really looked at this and, and, you know, sometimes you have the accounting team, which their job is to make sure they're counting the money. Uh, they would wait, like you said, uh, years ago, they would wait 90 days. They would wait for somebody to see if they made it. And we said, 
Now, for the amount of money that we're spending to make people feel special, when they show up to our dealership and they have their name tag and they have their business cards and they are set up in the system already and they have their email address and we have clothing for them already and we have everything ready for them on day one and then we tour them around the facility and we have a general manager or HR will tour them around the whole facility, introduce them to somebody. We want that person going home at night and saying, no different than if they were with a Fortune 500 company. Wow, my job today when I started, the general manager toured me around, introduced me to everybody. I have my name tag. I have my business cards. I have my email addresses. I have me set up for training already. I already have my clothing to wear, and I'm all set up. And we, I think we were tripping over dollars to pick up pennies. And we realized that if we really, if our culture is to be the best of the best, what do the best companies do in outside of the auto industry? And we looked at it and said, okay, we have to duplicate that. So we're, we're always challenging ourselves. In fact, I had... A gentleman uh, that is on this show often, he's the one that challenged me a few years ago and said, hey, Chris, here's what we went to, Ed Roberts. We did. We ended up challenge going to this at our store. That we, I, I looked back and said, hmm, you know what? I think we're, we're letting the accounting department, which is great. We love our, account, our accountants, but we're letting them decide if, when we're going to get a business card for somebody and make people feel special on day one. I saw that you visited with Ed uh, in St. Augustine, and you're right. He, uh, I think Ed is a very special person and a special leader. And, you know, look what he's done there in St. Augustine, you know, with those franchises and, you know, with the focus on fixed ops and now having grown his career from fixed ops to running the whole organization. Yes, absolutely. And that's something that I think is so wonderful about our industry. Most every dealer you talk to, if you want to visit them and they're outside of our market, you know, they welcome you to come in. If they're doing something special that really stands out, pretty much every dealer I've ever gone to and made a phone call to and said, can I visit your store? We're very welcoming. You know, I mean, o overboard welcoming and showing what they're doing at the store. So I would recommend that to uh, other dealers that are out there and other folks that are going to be on this, on this show and watch this to say, you know what, if you find somebody that you think is doing a great job, make a phone call. What's the worst they could say is no. But I would bet you that most of them are going to say yes, and they would be honored to share with some of the things that they're doing at their dealerships. You're right. In fact, uh, uh, Ed called upon me because he was in California recently and wanted to make a visit to see Longo Toyota on short notice. And I said, Ed, when do you think we'll be, you'll be there? Um, you know, what day, what, you know, what would be a good time? He says, I'll be there in about 25 minutes. And uh, so I made the phone call over there. And uh, although uh, Greg Penske and Doug Iro weren't there that afternoon they opened the door and made sure that he had the red carpet treatment and got the tour and uh saw a lot of similarities to his organization uh speaking of which you all share the importance that you mentioned of culture you mentioned the onboarding process what other areas um do you excel at that you'd like to share today well i, I wrote down some areas i always like to take a little notes to make sure i'm prepared for our presentation because there's sometimes you get off and you go boy i don't i miss that i should have said that and shared this with it but i would tell you one of the things i think we do well is greg kelly and i every single team member that joins our company we do a four-hour orientation one of us to teach it we don't have anyone else teach it no manager we've been challenged by our other managers saying why after 25 years are the two of you still teaching this? And we said, you know, selfishly gives an us an opportunity to spend four hours with every single new team member and to share the history and the culture of our company and why we do specific things. 
and we have not been we have not given that up although we have people that will challenge us and say hey you know should we teach this now and we're like no we get an opportunity to share the why behind what we do and i imagine that years from now people will look back and say you know what i got i got taught and introduced the organization personally you know by chris saraceno they're going to remember that um items we talk about during that orientation i wrote down and we we go through the history of the company because no one's going to know the history better than we would we share the mission and values which we call our shared vision and why we created that and the importance behind it Uh, we walk through what we call the human computer the questions you ask yourself on a daily basis consciously or subconsciously are going to determine how you think we talk about the importance of asking yourself the right questions we do something called the nine dots which is really talking about getting outside your comfort zone so our, our orientation is more about culture we talk about the ghost which is not allowing people to to uh, give you negative thoughts and when you come in if there's people telling you certain things that are going on not to allow that and people will treat you the way you allow them to treat you we walk through the theory of five and we believe that's important because our, our point of view is that we want we want the team members we would love everybody to retire with us most importantly we want them to have a happy and prosperous life and being that they end their career with us or not or start their own business we believe our job is to share with them key philosophies of success and prosperity and to have the right mindset when they're there and so it's it's very different than what they're expecting when they come in and do the orientation they're expecting everything to be about Kelly it's maybe 10 to 15 percent about Kelly and really the rest of it's about life and how to have a great life and live a ha- happy and prosperous life and Chris you invest in your people you invest in their training not just on the sales and leadership side but I've noticed you do that on the service side as well you know with your service advisors as an example oh yeah we I mean we are big believers that yeah, if we say we want to be the best of the best we would be hypocritical not to invest in them uh, and we have worked with a uh, an automotive uh, company that does service training with advisors uh, for years we've had the same company and we have the same two people come in it's a it's a mother and a son team and mm-hmm. they're just wonderful and their their values match our values and uh, I believe they believe they're actually part of the Kelly automotive group I mean, they, they look at it as if, if someone's not doing things the right way, they take it as if this is part of our company. And you want your, I call them vendor partners, to feel that way because they really are partners in, in helping you grow. And then uh, lately we've worked with the Rome's uh, and like, wow, they, they dig into the numbers and they challenge us on a monthly basis. And they talk with us and they share different things. And our numbers, that's with the service directors. Because we want them to understand the numbers and how everything's going on will affect the impact of us growing long term. So we're always investing, and we do that for sales. Right now, we have every one of our our new managers. You know, if you're new to management, everybody thinks just because you're in the auto industry and you did a good job, you should be a leader. So we invest in uh, outside training for leadership training, and it's not automotive specific. It's leadership ge- uh, training in general. And we have them come in uh, and it's a 10 week course where they spend two hours, you know, going through training and it's other out people from other industries that are also part of that training. Wow. And one of the things I know that we wanted to mention real quick is on the used car side, because used cars have never been 
probably, I don't ever recall seeing a time like this, Chris, in our industry. And there's been a lot of focus at the Fixed Ops Roundtable on used vehicles and uh, merchandising and reconditioning. Talk to us a little bit about some of the unique things that you do on that side as well. Well, I, we have always done a good job with used cars. We've been anywhere from, you know, most car dealer groups would like to be one-to-one for every new car sold. We're typically 1.5 you know, used vehicles for every new vehicle that we sell. You know, 20-some years ago, you know, before the car maxes came out, we had something called Kelly Risk Free. We did a three-day money-back guarantee. We did the 30-day exchange. We did a detailed 150-point inspection that uh, has detailed notes that we share with every customer. We share a history with every customer. I mean, we really go into detail of it, and we do something called live market pricing, which we use through V-Auto, and we we, sh- we sit with customer uh, and we show them, here's how we arrived at the price. Not that we just picked that. We don't do it based on cost up. You know, listen, if we pay too much, the customer's not going to pay just because we overpaid or we made a mistake on it. They're going to pay market value. And we believe that we have the best price value. We may not be the lowest price because there may be another vehicle in the marketplace that has higher miles, had two or three accidents, but we justify every price that we have. And then we re- have pricing teams every week where we adjust it. But I would tell you that, you know, we have been poised for this. We have been buying cars out of the service department for years. And we, you know, visited a, a store many years ago. Uh, Brian Benstock, uh, you know, uh, allowed us to come to his store and spend some time. And then we sort of took the culture that he was doing there uh, and watched it. So we took it to every one of our stores that we had as far as buying and selling cars from service. So uh, I would tell you when it comes to, uh, pre-owned vehicles. Now, uh, one of the things we say we should have done years ago, maybe you know, before the CarMax, is we should maybe brand it risk-free and took it all around the country. But we've we really do a good job making sure that customers are taken care of, and we share with all the technicians and everybody in our department why it's important to get the car from the day we get it on the on the lot with photos and reconditioned within seventy-two hours. If it's not reconditioned within 72 hours, we want to know why. And we personally, myself or Greg Kelly or Tim Kelly, we will pers- personally walk the lot of all the cars and open every door of every used car to make sure. And the question we ask is, if you were going to sell this to your best friend or mm. relative or a family member, what would you say you want fixed on this car? Well, then fix it. Because if you're saying that you, this would be fixed right now, let's make sure it's fixed beforehand. So we are we are very involved in used cars, and we have a passion for used cars. Everyone, we're talking today to Chris Saracino, who is the vice president and partner at Kelly Automotive Group and the best-selling author of The Theory of Five. Uh, Chris is a huge believer and practitioner uh, in a continuous improvement process, not just at the dealership, but in his life as well. Chris, talk to us a little bit about things you do, such as your manager uh, meeting, the daily agenda, and some of the focus that they've got there. Well, we believe the key to every uh, every dealership is how you set things up first thing in the morning. So first thing in the morning, we make sure, of course, we we have a forecast every month, and we do red, yellow, green, based on, you know, and we break it down in almost every single category where you should be. So on a daily basis, the first thing every morning, we look at it and say, where do we stare, stand in comparison to forecast? If we're yellow or red, we want to know what are we going to do next? Is there just some some of the invoices that have not been handed in or are we really behind? What's mm-hmm. our step? What are we going to do? Uh, we look through contracts and transit. We look through so many different areas. 
But before we start every meeting, even before we go through the recruiting, we have every one of our leaders stand up and spend five minutes teaching because we believe that when you teach, you internalize. And it has to be something that's motivational, inspirational, something that a leader would do because we want them to be uh, uncomfortable standing up. We want them to say, boy, when I'm teaching this, if I don't live it, I would be hypocritical doing this. Mm -hmm. So we believe that if they have to constantly teach, that they start internalizing what they're talking about every day when they're doing this. And this is Monday through Friday that we would have these meetings, that we go through every aspect. We go through every used car you know, that's going through the shop. If it's over 72 hours, why? Is it because of a part? In today's world, there are parts that sometimes you have to find. Uh, but we, we want to we keep the importance on getting things done on a consistent basis. And I know when we just bought the Toyota Hyundai store about 16 months ago, the GM was like, Chris, we thought you were crazy when we had to do this. Because when we first started it, it took like a, an hour and 20 minutes. Well, once they got used to it, it was done like in 35 minutes. They got used to it because they had all the answers right away when they came in. And he goes, what used to take me all day long to get done, and I probably didn't get 20 to 30% of it done because I just got busy, I now have done every single day. We start the meetings at 8.30. He said, by 9.05, I have all the things I wanted to look at, look at already completed and done. Wow. And then it focus on the people and the customers. I think it's a great example also of how you share your vision with the team. Uh, you've taken the time to actually write down a mission statement for the organization. And Chris, you've set out with some values, the Kelly values, the commitment to excellence, uh, the customer enthusiasm. And you know what? A lot of times we take those things for granted, but you know what? The customer can tell the difference. And, uh, you know, you've really, you really spelled it out for your team. Well, I would tell you what I personally like about it, and I say this to the leaders when we talk to them, is that it never has to be me versus you on when someone does something. It could be the two of us sort of looking at our mission and saying, okay, this is what our mission is. This is what our values are. Is what we just did, is it in alignment with the mission of customer enthusiasm? Hmm. If not, what should we do? And what it does is it brings two people from being here if they're arguing about something, and all of a sudden what happens is now they, I'm trying to get on the camera the right way, uh, now they're this way because they realize that whatever decision we make has to be very much in alignment with the, sh the shared vision of the company. So I love it from that aspect because it, it never has to be my opinion versus your opinion. It's what is in alignment with the vision of the company, what we say we're all about. We could use that as a guidepost. And you shared with me three key philosophies or statements that you repeat Chris, over and over with your leadership team. Would you mind sharing uh, with us what they are? Well, the one is I always say, catch people doing something right. Because we're all like little children. And for those of you out there that have children or grandchildren, you know when you have that you know, five-year-old or four-year-old little boy or girl, and they come running up and go, ah, and then we clap and make a big deal out of it. They, come, they just do it over and over and over again. Well, I sort of believe that I don't care if you're 40 or 50 or whatever age you are, we still have the same emotions. We're still like a bunch of big kids that like to be recognized. And what gets recognized and rewarded gets repeated. So sometimes we're always looking to catch people to doing something wrong. But when you catch people doing something right and you recognize it, they do it over and over and over again, which helps build the culture. I also, this is another statement we say, people don't care how much you know, because we have some very bright people in this business until they know how much you care. 
And I know that's not a statement we made up, but I know it's something that was in history that was said, and it's so true. Once they know you care about them, and once they understand the why, they internalize it much more. And the, ne the next one is what I just said, is always explain the why. This is why we're doing this. This is what's in it for you right now. Because sometimes if we just say, this is how we do it, they leave and they're like, you know, it doesn't make sense. But if they understand the why and they understand the, understand the long-term benefits to them of doing what we're doing and why we do it, then they internalize it more and they're bought into it. Chris, finally, I know that um, the things that you're speaking about right now at the organization are things that you live in your personal life. I follow you on social media. You have a beautiful family, children, grandchildren, and you share that as well. And, um, you know, and you took the time, by the way, to write a lot of this down in the theory of five and to share that with not just other dealers, but people in general in life. Talk to us about what's next for you, Chris. Uh, what do you see out on the horizon? And uh, what's, what's next overall? Well, I would say, you know, I, I have a lot of my friends in the industry. They're, they're very concerned about some of the OEMs right now talking about going direct, uh, you know, to the consumer. You know, I'm a believer that if we're the best at what we do and we have a great culture and we bring people in and we have great people, and, you know, the manufacturer is going to have the product and we have nice facilities that customers want to come to, that that's what's going to dictate what's going to happen. The manufacturer is going to do what's best long term. And if they look at it and say, hey, the best dealers, this dealer makes us look good and they want to come back, they're going to continue to go with us. And that's just my belief. I believe that if we are we have enthusiastic customers, enthusiastic team members. We keep our facilities nice and clean, and we make it a wonderful experience. They're going to still come back. It's no different than people going to restaurants. People can still order almost anything and have delivered to their home, any type of food. Why do they still go to that restaurant? For the experience. We have to really focus on the experience as a group. And... Get rid of the naysayers that are saying, hey, we're going to go direct to consumer. Now, the Tesla model, you know, that, that's to me is an anomaly. That's the top 1%. Those are the people that, you know, want to, you know, that, that they want to get involved in. They want to be the early intenders of doing something special. But once they have to work a deal and once they have to get people that can't get approved, I mean, <laughs> at our Mitsubishi store, you know, last week, we spent a week on one person, on one person just getting them approved. Imagine if you tried that direct to consumer with everybody around the United States, how challenging that would be. So, again, my bottom line is just be the best we could be as a group of dealers. We have to be the best we could be, and we're going to be around a long time. Chris, what a great message. Thank you so much. On behalf of the Fixed Ops community, um, you know, we're very privileged to have you today. And uh, obviously, we want to welcome you back because, uh, you know, you, you're you're the real deal. And uh, Chris Saracino, everybody, the vice president and partner at the Kelly Automotive Group and best-selling author of The Theory of Five.